Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings and happy Thanksgiving to those of you in the United States. If you've been a faithful listener of this podcast for a while, you know that the Wednesday before Thanksgiving here in the U.S., I always do an annual list of five things to, unusual things to be thankful for. It started out as things that weren't necessarily specific to me, but with teaching moments for you guys. And somewhere along the way, they became my five unusual things to be thankful for. And this year I'm going back to looking at work circumstances that kind of stink at the time, but you really have an opportunity to be thankful for the silver lining behind the cloud. And the reason I'm doing this a little differently this year and kind of going back to the, the way that I did it at the beginning is because for many people, myself included, 2023 has been really difficult. And whether that's because we thought it was going to be sunshine, rainbows, and puppies after COVID was quote-unquote over. Or if it was, you know, sort of the fallout from COVID or something altogether different. It's just been a really rough year for a lot of the people that I've worked with and people that I know and, and myself. And <laughs> as a former coach of mine says, half of life is ass. And it feels like more than half of my year has been that. And the concept that she's talking about there is that Life is a 50-50 proposition, and there's going to be negative things happening in our life. And so I want to hopefully turn some of that negativity in those difficult situations that maybe you faced this year around and, and show you the opportunity that each of those presents. So here are my five unusual work situations that you can be thankful for because of that growth that they can bring about. Number one, getting terminated. A lot of folks I've worked with this year have been terminated. And it could be, in some cases, it's because of cause. In other cases, it's because of a, a large-scale layoff. Could be something else altogether, a buyout, any of the company closes. But for any of those reasons, what I see over and over again is that clients who are terminated are in a far better situation a few months down the road. Now, how many months down the road? Well, it depends. It depends on how quickly they get into their new role and how thoughtful they are in making that next decision about where they want to work. But it does happen. And what is happening and what I hear repeatedly from these clients is they knew it was time to move. For most of them, this does not, if they're truthful with themselves, it doesn't catch them completely off guard, nor does it, you know, is this their, their dream company and, you know, they love it so much. It does happen. But oftentimes I hear the opposite, like I've been itching to leave. I just couldn't do it. And, and for whatever reason, fill in the blank, it paid well, 
It had good benefits. You know, it wasn't terrible. Nobody was, you know, harassing me too badly or whatever. And so they chose to stay in that situation. And I think what happens in those circumstances is the universe takes over and the universe is like, well, you don't need to be here anymore. So let's fix that. And then that termination comes about. And, and invariably, as I said, six, nine months later, they're in the new job. They've, they've gotten their, you know, their, their feet under them in the new job. And they're so much happier. In the best situations, these people take the time to evaluate what they want moving forward. What do they want to leave behind? I like the analogy of a suitcase, right? I'm going to leave this job. And when I do, I'm going to pack a suitcase. And I'm going to put in that suitcase the things that I want to carry forward, and me- meaning the things that I want to do still or more of in my next role. And then there are other things that I'm going to leave in that old office things that I don't want to do, circumstances that I don't want to find myself in. Maybe something about the company, I want to make sure I don't have that thing in the next company that I work for. And they also do the necessary mindset work to to learn from any mistakes they have made in the process that, that led to the termination. And sometimes there are none. But if there are, We want to clean that up. I want you to be able to march courageously into this next phase of your life. So you have the choice when something like this happens to you. You can either play the victim. You can argue with reality. This shouldn't have happened. I wasn't supposed to get fired. Why did why did this happen to me? Or you can ask yourself, now what? And I would offer that that last option. Now what? And I mean it in a in a very positive way, not a now what? (laughs) How's the world doing now? But rather from a perspective of, okay, this happened. I don't love it. Or maybe I kind of do love it, whatever that may be. But now what? What do I want for myself? What experience do I want to have going forward? Number two, recognizing that your attitude sucks. I've talked about one of my clients before. I'm still working with her. And she came to me earlier this year because she had lost her work mojo. She knew she was phoning in her work, and yet she was resentful of her other, of the coworkers that had come in either at the same time she had or more recently that had gotten promotions over her. She also was resenting that she didn't have a great relationship with her boss. But she is in such a different place today. And ironically, she did get rift recently, but because of the work that we had done on her mindset, and her attitude for work, towards work, towards her boss, towards her coworkers, she was in such a different place and was able to handle the riff much differently than had we not done that work. So she had a choice in that situation. She could continue to blame her boss, her coworkers, her job, you know, her employer, whatever, or she could look in the mirror and deal with what she saw. She chose to do that, and it really made all the difference. And I, I think it's important here to, to, to remind you that in any situation, work, personal or other, you have control over exactly one person in the situation, and that is you. You can't control anyone else. You can't change your boss. You can't change the coworker. Only person you change is the one you see when you look in the mirror. Number three, being dissatisfied with your career path. This really has come to the forefront since COVID, either because people were terminated, because people's jobs became untenable in the face of COVID, 
think healthcare education, or they use the opportunity to reevaluate their lives and realize that they didn't want to continue to go in that direction. So it, it can be a couple of different things when you're dissatisfied with your career path. It can be that it's kind of run its course. Statistically, we change careers, meaning not just jobs, but careers every 10 to 12 years in our, in our career life. And I certainly have done that. I could kind of mark out where that's happened. And so for some of you, it's just run its course. It's time for something different. For others of you, maybe you didn't quite get on the right career path from jump and you are recognizing that and it's becoming maybe a, a painful situation for you. But either way, there's real beauty in recognizing that you want to be bold and make a career pivot or a career reinvention. And as I've talked about on the podcast before, very briefly, a pivot is I'm going to either change job function or industry and keep my foot in the other one. And a reinvention is I'm going to change everything. I'm going to go in a completely different direction with both the job, the kind of job that I do and the kind of industry that I do it in. When I do this work with clients, they learn so much about themselves. They often will bring up long ignored career paths. So, you know, something maybe they thought about as even teenagers and they ignored it because, right? When I was, especially when I was in higher education, career services, I would see a lot of folks, especially at the last university I worked at, because it had very high admission standards. We had a lot of students who were coming in identifying as pre-med. And as they went through, particularly some of the really difficult bio classes and chem classes, they realized that their heart wasn't in it, that it was an expectation put upon them. And they really wanted to be over in the art department or the music department or, the, I don't know, calm department or somewhere else. But they've been sort of cultured to pursue this path because this is what smart people do. Maybe for others, it's been because of the income potential, the shininess of the career. And now they realize years later, you know what? I'm still thinking about that career path that I didn't choose and it, it hasn't diminished. It, it's resurged for me. I want to do that again. I want to give it a try this time. And when I work with clients to connect the dots between what they have been doing and what they want to do, they start to see the bigger picture and how they are marketable, which of course increases their confidence and they have, you know, more assurance that they can succeed in this new field. It doesn't seem as different once we dig in as they at first glance thought it was. Other clients I work with in this regard have no idea what direction they want to go in. So we do, I think of it as kind of excavation work, right? We are uncovering artifacts in their past, in their work history, in their early childhood even, that will give us the clues that we need to figure out what direction we want to go in now. And still other clients will come to me because they want to engage their altruism more. I see this often with folks who are kind of at or near retirement age, but they don't want to retire. I, I use the analogy of they want to downshift the car, but they don't want to put the car in park. They're not ready to, you know, pack it in. Their life experiences have shown them that, you know, the corporate treadmill that they're on, the level that they're at, 
and the responsibilities under them are just more than they want, and they want more meaning, and, and they have this deep longing for greater meaning in their life. And whatever the situations you may find yourself in, if you are experiencing those seeds of discontent, you want to be willing to work with a career coach like myself to figure out what's going on. I, I, I implore you not to ignore those seeds of discontent because they will not go away. They will fester and they will start to show up in ways that do not serve you. And even if after you work with a career coach, you realize that you want to stay exactly where you are and doing exactly what you want to be, you know, you're doing now, you will hopefully have worked with that coach on the mindset around your job so you will be more satisfied and get more satisfaction from the work that you're doing. Number four is failing. So we all know this intellectually, right? We learn more from our failures than we do from our successes. And by the way, you've heard me say it before. If you listen to the podcast, I don't like the word failure. I call it winning or learning. And because again, I think we learn so much more from our quote unquote failures than we do from our wins. But I think we also have to face the fact that losing, learning sucks at the time that it's happening. What's great about failing, however, is the opportunity that it presents us. If we can see past our mistake and get the learning that can come. Not just to figure out how to do that thing that we failed at differently the next time, but to learn what this situation, this circumstance can teach us about ourselves. We might have to fall on our sword and admit our culpability. Here's what I did that caused this failure. We might have to apologize, maybe to a bunch of people, maybe to some really important people, maybe to some people whose opinion of us matters dearly to us, and we know we have disappointed them. Painful. We might have to go to great lengths to fix the problem that we've created. We might have to deal with our inner demons. This is a big one. Telling us we're we're failures, not we failed, but we're failures. Huge difference. We aren't worthy. We're bad people. Such a big difference between I did a bad thing and I'm a bad person. I failed and I am a failure. Huge. They are miles apart in terms of how that makes you feel and the result that you will get. Each of these potential outcomes presents us with an opportunity to grow, both personally and professionally. (laughs) Not to mention... We now have a great story to tell an interviewer down the road when they ask us about a time in which we failed and what we learned from that situation. So keep that in mind as well. And then finally, number five this year is working with a bad boss. The research is very clear in that more people leave their job due to a bad boss than any other single situation. There are a lot of reasons that people leave and they're very well documented and and data is collected. Number one, bad boss. Now, if you're one of those rare snowflakes that hasn't had a terrible boss yet, boss yet, it's probably because you haven't started working yet or you're, you know, a baby, you're very blessed, right? But you're gonna you're gonna run into it. And you're definitely in the minority. Most of us can rattle off a 
a handful of horror stories with bosses. Here's what I learned from my bad bosses, how I didn't want to be as a boss, which helped to shape how I did want. I learned how to individualize the support that I provided for each employee. Some needed more, some needed less. They all needed different kinds of support and approaches to supporting them. I learned that. I learned how to determine their motivators and how to reward them and hint for that one. I asked them. I learned how important it was for me to have my birthday and other life milestones recognized because they weren't. And so I made a point to do that with my team. I learned how and when to give praise and constructive feedback. I was once ambushed in a performance evaluation and I learned never to do that. It is probably the top thing on my list of things not to do is ambush an employee with a bad performance review. That performance reviews should never be new information. I learned that my job as a boss, this is a big one, was to advocate for my team vigorously. It wasn't my job to care about the other departments that answered to my boss. My boss's job was to care about all of those departments. My job was my department, and I needed to have my teams back at all times and in all situations. I had my last boss was very much the company person, and she would do whatever the president of the university wanted. And it was oftentimes at the expense of student affairs and her team. And I knew that that's not what I wanted. So whether you have had a bad boss, a PETA, and I think we all know what PETA stands for, coworker, or a direct report that you end up spending, you know, 80% of your time on just trying to make them competent at their jobs, Learn from those situations and apply them to becoming a better boss. Take a step back and always think, how can I be a better leader, a better manager because of what I'm having to deal with here? I hope you're able to take at least one of these things on my list to heart as you navigate the fallout from 2023, if you've had some, or as you launch 2024 and and navigate your way through it. Remember, winning or learning. I wish all of you the happiest of Thanksgiving to those of you in the United States and belated Thanksgiving to those of you in in Canada. Who, by the way, I just want to say you Canadians have it right because you you have your Thanksgiving in October and then Christmas is in December. Ours are far too close together, in my opinion, and I'm not the only one who feels that way. So good on you, Canada. So happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays, and I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.